Hello, and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your life transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about how to improve your life after a breakup. Uh, it could be any kind of loss, though. It could be a breakup with uh, you know, a significant other. It could be a divorce. It could be any kind of loss, like loss of a job, loss of a loved one through uh, death, or uh, recovering from uh, some sort of illness or injury as well. So any kind of a recovery from a loss would go through the same type of process. So we're going to talk about that today. And I hope that uh, we have people in the chat room who can benefit from this or people who are watching in the future who uh, this will be really helpful for. But let's get started with their housekeeping. I'm Shelley Carney. I'm a certified wellness and life coach certified through the Integrative Wellness Academy. Uh, this is Toby Eunice. He is my producer and man with experience. Uh, <laughs> of course, my YouTube channel is located at thesofterside.live and you can find the member vault, which has wonderful um, free content, uh, additional um learnings and quizzes and some bonus content and that's all free for you at esofterside.com so i hope you'll check that out so let's get started with what it feels like uh, when we go through the loss of a partner or any kind of a loss. We have a lot of feelings and it's basically the stages of grief that we're experiencing, which includes shock and denial at the beginning. Anytime there's a loss, uh, we didn't see it coming. Uh, we're in denial that it's happening. Um, we're totally surprised and shocked and we don't know what to do because we didn't plan for it. It's not something we could, we could see in advance, not something we could plan for, so we have that shock in the beginning. And then we move into a desperate need for answers. Why? What's wrong? What happened? What did I do wrong? What's what's going on? Is there somebody else? There's all the questions and we really need, we have that desperate need to have those answered to assuage some of that shock that's going on. We experience fear, loneliness, and sadness. Of course, uh, when something's taken away from us, we miss it, and uh, we have an empty space in our life, and, and that's very uh, damaging to our self-esteem, and it, uh, it's, it's uh, difficult to get over. Uh, we get into bargaining, obsession, and stalking. Say you say your boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with you, and you say, "Well, you know, this is just a timeout. We'll probably get together uh, again. Uh, you know, things will work it out. We'll work it out." Um, or you may be thinking, "How can I get her back? What can I do to win her love back?" You know, and and. I, what are the steps to get my ex to come back to me? A lot of people try to go back to an ex because that's familiar territory. So they go through this bargaining and obsession and Facebook stalking to try to see if they can get back with them. And then we experience some anger. Uh, 
we might work through our anger and get to a place of peace and acceptance and forgiveness in the end. This can take anywhere from uh, a couple of weeks to months to years, depending on how long the and how deep the relationship was to begin with. Anytime we are rejected, it causes us physical pain causes a lot of pain and that pain manifests in anger it causes us to lash out at the people around us Um, so it's very difficult for people to be around us when we're going through that painful moment we want to remember that we want to be prepared for that we want to think about it now so if it does happen to us that we're ready to under be understanding and to know that hey this could happen if i feel rejected I'm going to be angry and I'm going to lash out at people. Uh, when I hit in that in that painful uh, time, um, I'm, I need to understand how to deal with that pain other than lashing out and hurting the people around me. Because as uh, the old adage goes, hurt people, hurt people. Uh, because of the cortisol and stress hormones that are dumped into your system when something like this happens you are going to actually feel physical pain Uh, if if you know a person who's going through this maybe your teenage kids are going through something where they're breaking up with a girlfriend or boyfriend and you can't and you're just like are you ever gonna get off the couch and what's wrong with you and they feel like they have the flu or a cold or they have headache stomach ache and you're like you're just trying to get out of going to school and you know, I know you don't want to see them, but the the truth is, because of those cortisol stress hormones, they physically feel that pain. Uh, they they might have stiffness in their uh, joints and muscles. They could have chest and stomach pains. Uh, they could feel like they have the flu or a cold. They're probably not going to sleep well at night, and they might have withdrawal symptoms, such as have like when you're addicted to some sort of substance, you also get addicted to other people and having them in your life and, and filling certain needs for you. So when that's gone, you have withdrawal symptoms. So what are some ways that we can cope when, to get us through these times? Well, see the gift. What does that mean? That means uh, look at the experience as a gift. Okay, well, I had a good relationship for a while, and these are the things I learned about myself. These are the things I learned about being in a relationship. These are the things that maybe I don't want to do again in the future, or these are the things I do want to do again in the future. You see the gift of learning. So you get that experience, you take the learning out of it, and then you let the feelings go. Another way that you need to cope is to take care of yourself. So many people, like I said, they they feel ill or they feel uh, sore and achy. You need to take care of that. That's a real physical pain. So take hot baths with Epsom salts to relieve some of that stiffness. Uh, Drink lots of fluids as if you really do have a cold. Um, Make sure you're getting plenty of vitamin C and sunshine and do everything you can to take care of your body. This is important. Focus on your mental health as well. Uh, You're going to be going through some very difficult feelings. You want to give yourself time to feel those feelings and a place. uh, Maybe you need to be alone for a while to be able to express those feelings without feeling like people are looking at you or being embarrassed about crying. You want to do that on your own. Um, Make sure that you give yourself the time to do that. 
start a new hobby or activity. That's a great idea to fill that empty void, that empty space of time that you, you know, instead of just leaving it empty so that it's glaring at you, you fill it up with something that you enjoy. Um, Whether that's, you know, a new hobby like painting, uh, writing, um, some sort of activity like riding horses, anything that's going to get you out in nature. These are all really positive things that are going to help you heal faster. Motivational podcasts are wonderful. I listen to podcasts all the time while I'm walking. That combines two really great um, exercises that are going to pull you out of that funk. Uh, Something that is just going to tell you, you know, things are going to be okay. There are, you know, so many great opportunities in, in front of you. And don't give up. Motivational podcasts like this can really help you pull out of that funk a lot quicker as well. And then lean on your family and friends. Let them know what's going on with you. Say, I'm very angry. Say, I'm very hurt. Um, Express those feelings. Don't talk about the other person and put them down, uh, but do talk about your own feelings and where you're at and how you're trying to get through it. What are some of the things you're, you're doing to cope and what are some of the things you might need from your family or friends in order to cope and feel better? So let's talk about moving on after that happens. Um, The minute somebody breaks up with you and you're going through that denial, it's very difficult to decide, well, it's over then. Um, But when you get to a place where you can really understand that it's over, that's when you want to cut all contact. Um, Take them off your Facebook uh, friends. Um, Get them out of your phone contacts or block them if you you want to do that if you're afraid that they're going to call you and you don't want to take their calls just block their number Um, or if you're afraid you're going to call them then just erase the number and uh, get rid of photos and all of the reminders of your time together if you are saying well they gave me this gift and it's a really nice gift and I don't want to get rid of it but it reminds me of them put it all in a box close up the box tape it shut put it in the back of your closet If you feel like in six months to a year you're ready to pull it back out again, you can do that. Um, But this is a great way out of sight, out of mind, to move on more quickly. Feel your emotions. It's very important not to let them be stuck inside of you, afraid to let them out. Um, Sometimes you're like, I don't want to cry. I can't cry. I'm not there yet. What you can do is listen to some sad music or sad watch sad movies, and that will help you to cry. It will get all that uh, those stress hormones out of you, and and allow that feeling to come out. So that once you've gone processed through those feelings, then you can let them go. But you're not going to be able to move on and let them go until you've felt them and processed them in some way. Uh, Get perspective from others. Talk to your friends and family and say, here's where I'm at. What do you think I should do? And do you think that that was a bad relationship for me? And, And allow them to be open and honest with you without getting angry with them. Just use their perspective to see what, you know, what an outsider saw about you and your relationship and how you were behaving within that relationship and if that was good for you or not good for you. Um, do you do you what does that mean that means take care of yourself do the things that you love to do and don't even think about um, who should I do it with do it with you 
you know, be independent and enjoy your freedom because there are many times in our lives when uh, we don't have freedom. We're in a relationship. We're beholden to other people. We have to do certain things for our family and friends, and we have these obligations. Right now, you don't have that. You get to be free. You get to do exactly what you want to do for a little while and just enjoy that moment. Um, forge new pathways. So instead of having that void, fill it up. Fill it up with new hobbies. Fill it up with new places that you go. Fill it up with new friends that you talk to. Fill it up with new activities, new classes, a new way of thinking. Another good way to move on is to journal. Write down your own feelings. Write down uh, things that are going on in your head, especially if it's just swirling around, swirling around, swirling around, and it won't go away. Write it down in a journal. And then just be present with that and then let it go. It's also a good idea to take some responsibility for what happened, what went wrong. A relationship has two people in it. So you can blame it all on the other person, but that's not going to help you to grow. What you want to do in order to grow is look at your relationship and say, what could I do better the next time? Were there signs that I ignored? Who am I when I'm in a relationship? And is it the kind of person I want to be? Should I make any changes to how I am in a relationship? Or is there something about being in a relationship that changes me? And are, are those changes that I like? So take a good look at what happens to you within a relationship and how you can deal with it better in the future so that these things don't become a pattern. Again, patterns. Pattern recognition. Do I do this a lot? There are women out there who date only men who will cheat on them. And then they're like expecting them to cheat on them. And then they continue to choose men who will cheat on them. It is their pattern. And they haven't recognized the pattern in themselves yet. So they haven't fixed that pattern in themselves yet. So what is important is to look back and say, is this a pattern for me? Why did we break up? Did I break up with somebody else for the same reason? Is this a pattern? And, and take a really hard, long look at that because um, breaking those patterns before you get into the next relationship is really important work for you. And if you think you might need some help to do that, then definitely speak with a therapist, a coach, a mentor, um, somebody who can help you break those patterns before you move on to a new relationship. That way you can find a new way, a new you within a relationship so that you're ready for the next one. Replace your bad habits. That means if, uh, you know, there's always bad habits that we we tend to do more of when we're in a relationship. And that could be uh, taking the other person for granted. It could be uh, sitting on the couch and eating all the time and putting on weight. A lot of couples do that. It's very common. Um, Find out what are those bad habits that I get into when I'm within a relationship. And maybe figure out ways to replace those with good habits. Change your expectations. So if you, like I said, if you as a woman expect the man to cheat on you every time, you need to change those expectations. You need to change that way of thinking and have trust in somebody. Otherwise, you're pushing them. You end up subconsciously pushing them into cheating on you because that's what you expect or if you expect them to uh, work a whole lot of hours and ignore you that's what you expect is what you're going to get so you've got to watch those expectations 
stay positive and look for the good in other people. And then make sure you achieve closure. Uh, so you've gone, it's a really good idea to journal through, decide what went wrong, how it could be better in the next one, and find a way to achieve closure on that relationship. Say, yes, this is definitely over. Here are all the reasons it's over. I've eliminated all the reminders of this person from my life, and I am ready to close that chapter and move on. And until you get that closure, you're not going to be able to completely and and wholly move forward. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was checking a number of them. All right. So here are my recommendations if you're going through something like a breakup, a divorce, or some sort of loss recovery. Get support. Get support. Whether that is family, friends, a therapist, a coach, a mentor, uh, a support group online, uh, some sort of a membership course where it's a healing place for you. Get support. Don't try to do it alone. Um it's so much faster and easier uh, when you do it with somebody else. Allow yourself to feel those feelings, uh, make, you know, no matter what it takes. If you just say, I'm just going to take a day off where I just sit in front of the uh, Netflix and cry all day long and get it out of my system. And then I'm going to, you know, tomorrow I'll be, I'll, I'll write in my journal and get that all out of my head and plan for it. Give yourself that time and that space to feel your feelings and make sure you're taking care of yourself. Take those hot baths with Epsom salts and eat very healthy foods and drink plenty of fluids and get get lots of rest if you can. I know it's very difficult uh, when you are going through something like this to sleep well. You might need to take a supplement like melatonin or something to help you sleep for a couple of nights until you get back into a regular sleep pattern. Uh, recognize the truths of what went wrong, what responsibility you hold, and what to do in the future. And then, of course, join the softer side. We have a lot of great help and support within the the member vault at esofterside.com and join our Facebook group. We have a lot of great members who are also there to provide support as well. So in the chat room, here is another prompt for you. I hope that you'll answer as Toby and I are talking. And then we'll go to the chat room and answer any questions after our conversation. But how long do you think it takes to recover from a breakup? How long does it take for you? How long have you seen others take? And uh, give us an idea of what goes on in the recovery process as well. So I'm going to go to a full screen. All right. So Toby, I know you've been through... Uh, a few, many breakups, uh, some more lengthy relationships, some deeper relationships than others. Um, what can you tell us about uh, the differences in in recovery, and uh, what affected those? And then, the, if there were any patterns that you noticed that happened that led to these breakups. Uh, so I do want to say something when you when you started the phrase um make sure you take a warm bath uh-huh. in my head i finished it um by saying with your new girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> probably not a healthy thing no you don't want to jump into a new relationship until you figure out yourself right. and your situation and feel those feelings so i was wondering uh, as i was watching your presentation i was wondering when you got so i'm going to tell you my my approach 
-hmm. and then I'll tell you what I've learned from it okay. uh, about how I pick picked the women that so I counted them out and although I've had a lot of relationships there were only five that I feel in my life that were of a such a great substance that I had to go through this process mm -hmm. right some mm -hmm. of them were just you know girlfriends that you knew were going to end up yeah you know it was just like yeah let's have a good time for a while <laughs> uh, but I was uh, engaged once in college to a woman who was in college mm -hmm. and then um, I was married mm -hmm. and then I was engaged once uh, towards the towards you know I don't want to say the end of my life towards after I was married mm -hmm. right so those are the five that required process uh, primarily there, there was two reasons number one it was a deeply emotional relationship on both sides mm -hmm. and number two uh, it was long. They were long. You know, these were multi-year relationships. My last, I was married to the last woman I was married to for, you know, 20, 22 years. That's a long time, right? Uh, and although I believe there's a, a process for grieving, I think the grieving process should be reserved for the places in life where grieving is required. So I think <laughs> if, uh, if your mother passes away, do, mm -hmm. some, do some grieving, right? Uh, and this is just my, I, I want to clarify, this is just how I handle it, so I'll give, it to, I'll, I'll give you that. So um, I have a multi-step process myself. Mm -hmm. And my, my first, uh, first part of it is the part where I sit down and accept responsibility. Now, like I said, I was wondering when you were going to get to that slide, because you, you didn't get to it towards the end. Because for me, the most important thing is to accept my part, to, to recognize why, what, what, where were my faults in all of this? Mm -hmm. And it's real easy to claim it's the other person's fault. Yeah. And Lord knows, I've had a couple that I'd like to say it was. But as I sit down and evaluate what my responsibility was in getting me to that point, I can easily, you can easily pick out the decisions that you made along the way that got you there, regardless of it. The other thing that I try to do, it doesn't happen right away. There's a point at which I want to go back and I, I, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say I'm sorry. I want to apologize for my contribution to what happened. Mm -hmm. And in some cases you can do that in, in my first, uh, in my first. Uh, Is that part of your closure? Yeah, process? for me, mm -hmm. for me, closure includes going back and saying, look, here's, here's what I realized. And I want to say I'm sorry because our tendency, of course, is uh, the natural tendency is to blame the other person. Right. And, and you, you know, you mentioned it because you could say, "Wait a minute, I'm not going to say um, as a woman. If I were a woman, I wouldn't say sorry to the guy that beat me." No. Right. You, you, you can't. No. But you have to accept. You know as well as I do. There's patterns mm -hmm. that that are implemented right. that put you in that position. So right. if nothing else, accept your part of that responsibility. And and. And, and, and part of accepting responsibility is making sure you don't make the same set of decisions again right, right that got you to that point. Mm -hmm. so, my, so that's my first step, the, the take responsibility. And then I'm a type A, so I make a plan and I take action. As long as I'm busy, as long as I take action, um, uh, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I, I can move on as long as I feel like I'm making progress. Now I can, at the same time, uh, I can tell myself, well, apparently you suck at relationships, so why don't you focus on 
I don't know, buying watches. That <laughs> spending money bike. is not a good. <laughs> yeah, riding your bike, spending money is not a good action plan. Right. Uh, but I always feel like I want to do something for us. Bu- build a business, uh, grow your business, get start more business, hobby. start a new hobby, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So as long as I have a plan and I'm in, in action mode, uh, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. There is one other factor if there are uh, children involved, if there are other parties involved, right. because I think you have to start considering that before the end draws an eye mm-hmm. uh, and what you're going to do with that. And what you hope for is that you can discuss with your partner a reasonable solution to that problem so that, so that you're not using the children as, as a cudgel to beat the other person over the head. Yeah. Because that's when it gets disastrous. Right. I, uh, uh, in, in all my situations where there are children involved, um, I accepted whatever responsibility I had, and then I took my responsibility for the children, and I wasn't fighting for... You know, I want them full time and you can see them on weekends kind of stuff, nor was the other party. And I think the other party does that when you start doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. If you start using the children as a as a as a gambit, as a as a gam- as a as a chip in the game, then they start doing it. Right. And as a male, you're not you're never gonna win that game. Mm. So what you look for is, you know, a, a fair um, a fair solution to that problem. But you need to talk that with your partner or your partner's attorney. And, and uh, attorneys are interesting because you think they're there to beat the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, they're there to beat the hell out of you over your finances, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your, your net worth. Um, they don't care to beat the hell out of you with, with your children, the attorney, uh, if you if you don't deserve to be beat up. You know, if you've been not only abusing your spouse and your children, you're going to get beat up. But if you're somewhat of a credible father, the attorney is, is a fair negotiator. You know, when you have your attorney talk to them and just negotiate that uh, and will try to talk the other party down. Like, no, no you don't, let him have the children. He's not going to hurt them. He's going to help, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So they're very fair about that. But then they go like, yeah, but let's get all that money that's in the bank, offshore bank account. So, <laughs> um, so, so kind of, um, I, I try. I guess I, I try to avoid the grieving process by a taking responsibility. This is my fault, and then and then making a plan and taking action uh, to to distract myself from it. Mm-hmm. Now the other interesting thing that happened to me is I was single. I have been single so long. I've really learned to enjoy my singleness. Mm-hmm. You know the freedom and independence it gets you. So it it would be hard, really hard for me now. Uh, to get into a, a real, and, and I'm 70, you know, wants well, to date a 70 year old. Oh, uh, there's people, um, as you know, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so I like my freedom and independence right now. So, uh, so I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting into another relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to the, to the, the, you, you asked about the consistent errors I made. Um, I, there, there, so there's areas of commonality. They were all Libras. Now, I didn't know that right at the time, but for some reason or the other, there was something that attracted me to them and them to me. Um, the, they fell in love with the hardest part of me to maintain, right? So if you Which is what? I think it's that being funny and cute. I'm actually a serious person, but I can be pretty funny and pretty cute, and I think they fall in love with that funny, cute part. Mm-hmm. And then when I get serious, it's harder for them. Like, wait, you're supposed to be funny and cute. You're not supposed to be worried about flying off to the Balkans. You know? Yeah. Um, 
So I think that's a challenge to make sure that before you get serious about the relationship, and and the the, the learning that I learned, what I learned from that was, before you get serious about the relationship, make sure they know everything about you. Yeah. Right. Make sure mm-hmm. that they know who you are. That yes, when you've had a couple of cocktails, you can be real funny and real cute, but um, you're leaving for Afghanistan the day after tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's important is is those kinds of uh, lessons. Other than that, it's really hard to pick, you know, at what point because these you 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 can't. It's hard to go back to single points, mm-hmm. right? If if I could go back in my last marriage and not buy the Miata that I bought in 1991, I would do that. But I can't take that back. I did that. That honestly, I think that the fact that I did it while she was on vacation. I think that was the beginning of the end of that marriage. Now, well, it, I don't think it was the purchase of a vehicle. I think it was the sort of the hiding of it. Right. Agreed. And right. Then waiting till she. it on her. Right. Waiting yeah. till she left, and then having it parked in the driveway when when I knew she was returning. It would be like she came home and yeah. there was another woman living yeah, with you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so so there are times where you go back and you look at and you say, "Boy, I'm never going to do that again." Right. I'm never going to. Uh, plant a surprise that that happens right uh, like that because it's one thing to buy yourself a watch but a car right. is a little bit more of a yeah yeah, yeah in-depth purchase so those are kind of my lessons learned uh from it and how mm-hmm. i handle it uh i'm not a griever by nature as a matter of fact people you know my 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 children know that i'm not a griever by nature that i just let's what's next you know let's get them in the ground and go on kind of thing okay what (laughs) you have a process i have seen it um when you gave up your security clearance you went through a grieving process but i I moved on (laughs) yes you moved on of course you did but there is a process there is a process you may have forgotten that you went through it yeah but you do go through it and it includes uh the whole shock and denial and and uh bargaining and anger i've seen it firsthand i know you go through it um i haven't seen you break up with somebody but i have seen you break up with the intelligence community yeah exactly (laughs) and that to me was very much like uh because it was an important relationship for you and And it was a long relationship ending it not only was uh the end of that career but i think it also said this is the end of all my important work for the rest of my life and it was such a huge deal that it really affected you emotionally now i know it you got over it fairly quickly like Mm -hmm. a day and a half or something Mm -hmm. wasn't but i was there and i saw it and i experienced it and i and i got some of the brunt of that uh, (laughs) i feel rejected and i'm angry and i'm going to take it out on anybody around me Mm I got some of that blowback, hmm. so I know that you went through it. Well, I'm sorry uh, <laughs> to have put you through that. I know it was short life, but I can be pretty energetic when yeah, it comes to Yeah, and that's and it's totally understandable. But again, uh, we all go through some sort of grieving process, whether we remember it mm-hmm. or recognize it. It is there, mm-hmm. and it is something we should prepare ourselves for and prepare the people around us. Uh, and it's a surprise because we don't think. Oh well, I'm just I'm just giving up my security clearance, and it's my choice, and I want to do it. There shouldn't be a grieving process. This is my decision. I'm in charge, and yet you broke up with somebody, 
and you do have that process. That was a 42-year-long relationship, too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and it's the end of an era. Right. So it's... it's well, it's the end of the Toby era. It's got to be dealt with. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, <coughs> how is everybody doing in the chat room? Let's take a look uh, at your comments and questions and say hello to everybody. See. So, let's see who's in the room. K-Pro is in the room. Hello, she says, Christy. hi, Softer Side friends. L Ryder's in the room. Hello. Zara334, Huli. Uh, Huli says, hello, fellow wallflowers. You are not wallflowers. <laughs> um, I like it when somebody said, hello, roomies. Texas said, says, exercise is a good adrenaline burner, yeah. Mm-hmm. And gets and rid of that adds, excess cortisol. It uh, also adds weight is easy to gain and very hard to lose. Don't we know that one? Well, especially as we get older, yes. So W says, I have given up on the whole relationship thing. I feel too broken. Mm. Photographic mind is hard to offload all of that. Well, uh, that's up to you. There are methods for moving on. Um, therapy is excellent. Uh, they have new therapies all the time that are producing results in as few as three to six sessions. So if it is something that you think you might want to do, then I would look into that. Um, Davi says, I asked two women to marry me. They both said no. Could be you missed the signs of uh, their level of commitment. Um, so maybe work on that with uh, a coach or therapist and not make that mistake in the future. <laughs> Texas, Texas says, I, I mourn for years. If, if it was uh, a breakup or if it was a death of a spouse, I, I, would, I would think, yeah, you would have to. Um, but if you need to get, if you really want to move on quick, more quickly, then just really incorporate these, these healing techniques. L. L. Ryder says, I'm not looking for a boo, but I like serious Toby better. <laughs> Me too. I'm I actually, like all, all of your personalities. <laughs> all of my personalities. Except the one where you're angry. <laughs> I, I don't get angry. you got to admit, I don't get angry often. No, you don't. And, and generally speaking, not, not that I, I only get... You don't get angry often, no. that's for sure. But when I do, it does get pretty steamy, doesn't it? <laughs> not in a good way. Um, sometimes, so Davia says, sometimes serious isn't as sexy as being, as sexy as being light and flowy. I don't know if that's flowery. No, I think he means flowy. Oh, okay. okay. Both can be sexy depending on the situation. Shelly is wisdom, Davia says. (laughs) K-Pro, see. Sorry, has no comment, buffering. Uh, what about that last boots on the ground, Shelly? It, I guess, how did about? it affect you? Breaking up with the, the treasure hunt. Oh. Um, I wasn't... There are certain things in life that I am committed to 100%, always have been, always will be, and that is my marriage and my partnership with Toby, uh, my children, the relationship I have with my children and my, uh, my mom. Um, beyond that... Anything else can come and go. <laughs> and and it's not that big, you know, it's not a huge thing to deal with. I have had friends over the past many, many years. Um, they're in and out of my life, and I expect it. I expect them to be in and out of my life. I don't expect them to 
to be with me throughout my life because our lives are so different and so uh, changeable. Um, if I I had a I had a young friend who I did a couple of projects with. He was um, young enough to be my son, but we were good friends, and I knew it wasn't going to last because we have very different lives and very different things going on. Um, and, and it was okay, you know, when, when we stopped seeing each other or talking to each other, I knew that was going to happen, and it's okay. Um, but with my husband, while I will do anything and everything uh, to keep that relationship uh, vibrant and alive and uh, never-ending, so it depends, you know, there's a commitment level. And with Boots on the Ground and the Treasure Hunt, it's just something fun we do. It's not something I am committed to the way I'm committed to m- the people in my life. I, I think, uh, so I had kind of two breaks up, breakups with the Treasure Hunt. One was that trip back from the Cimarron Canyon where I was pretty upset. I don't know that I was angry, but I was definitely upset. And at that point, I was that I was at one of those like, you know, screw fan. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Treasure stuff. It's a hoax. You know those kinds of things. The second one, the one that went, we went through in October, was much easier for a couple of reasons. One, I felt like uh, I had accomplished. It was it was not the end of the treasure hunt as much as it was the end of me looking for the treasure, and realizing that that was a you know and and it goes back to the seventy thing. I have a limited amount of time left in my life, and I want to spend it on time things that I'm comfortable with. Um, and uh, I, I, was, I came back from that last trip to Rio de los Pinos, and we had a great time. You saw the pictures. Uh, but I was going like, I don't know where but the best of this, But the best of the trip was the people you were with. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. The things that we did together right. as a group. Cooking the out every night. The fun that we had, mm-hmm. the laughs, the chats, yeah. all of that. That was the important part. Yeah. So. S'mores in the rain. We weren't giving that up. Yeah, we still have all that, and, and and we'll go back for that. We may go back to the Rio de los Pinos just to go back because it was a nice place to go, and we got to fish and meet people in Colorado and things like that. Uh, but I'm okay not going back for the treasure hunt. The thing that I did miss, though, <coughs> as you guys are aware, mm-hmm. is that I missed communicating with the community. Uh, that I missed more than the treasure hunt itself. Uh, and so I never quite, you know, we said we were getting away from it. <laughs> but if you go back and look at our videos, I was like. Oh, well, oh, one more Friday night. One, one more, more Friday, Friday night. night. What do we do this? And, and after a while, Shelley was going like, okay, well, let's do this. And, you know, if you're going to do this, let's do this. Let's do it together. So, and I don't feel like it's cost us credibility in terms of not looking for the treasure. We have 32 boots on the ground. We have 400 blog posts, over 300 videos. I feel like we have the credibility to doing what we're doing without looking for the treasure until... I see something, I discover something, I uncover something that tells me this is worth making another trip. So uh, that's what I can't commit to. I mean, I just feel like um, I just feel like I don't know anything, you know, and, and nothing, all the conversations that I have or the emails that I read aren't helpful. I mean, like I said, we get three emails a night from people with ideas about where the treasure is, but they can't get to it, and they want us to help them. And I look at the solution, I'm going like, I, I don't get it. I don't even see where your warm waters are halting, even if it's, <laughs> it is, you know, the most recent one is, it starts at, um, phew, guys are... Old Faithful? Old Faithful. It starts at Old Faithful. Sure. <sighs> Any more there? <laughs> okay. Oops. Oh. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, family breakups. A- Angelina Singh says family breakups, and it was like grieving a death to me. But I always kept busy and kept a good outlook. Yeah. You have to focus on the the ones you still have in your life and make the most of those. W says Switzerland won't let high school dropouts move into their country. I don't know what that. <laughs> so they had to break up with Switzerland, I guess. Yeah. Caper says, family breakups with children change a person forever. I think you move on, but uh, one is never the same. No, I I agree with you. I don't think you can. And I think there's solace to be found in uh, developing, continuing to develop, and and maybe even deepen the relationship with your children because, A, it's more difficult, and, B, you've you've hurt them. They trusted you, and so you've got to get through that part as well, and it takes a lot. And uh, as a matter of fact, if I, if I put my time into anything uh, that had to do with former relationships, I would put it into the children, and, and I feel like I have. But if you ask anybody who was a child of a family, in a family, where the parents were fighting a lot, and then they eventually got divorced, ask them, when was it worse? When, it, when you were living at home and your parents were fighting, or when they were divorced uh, and you, you know, spent time with each of them separately, which was worse, and they'll usually say when they were fighting. Um, I think that's the girl's perspective. Yeah, because there was no answer. What what can I do to make mom and dad feel better? And why are they fighting? And, and there's that constant, we don't know what's going on here. Um, and maybe I, if I'm just extra quiet and extra good, then they'll be happy again. I know I went through that um, when I was growing up, and it was not easy. Uh, I know that most kids are happiest when their parents are happy. So it, do what it is, whatever it takes to make you happy as a parent. That is going to give your child a lot of ease and a lot of security, knowing that mom's happy and she's okay and um, everything's going to be all right. No matter if you're together with dad anymore or not, if mom's okay and she's happy, then that's then that's all right. And same with dad. If dad is okay and he's happy and growing as a person, then everything is okay. So um, that's the best gift that we can give our children is to be happy people and, and it's and I think for my girls especially as they live back in so what's interesting about the relationships is the the woman that I introduced you guys to the other night Kim my first wife she lives here in Albuquerque and the two children that we raised together that we bore that she born we raised together Jason and Sean live in Albuquerque and they have a really good relationship with their mother the other children are all on the East Coast as their mother is and they see she babysits for them she's regular has regular things for them um, and I, I think they're okay with the idea that they have two parents, they're just not living together, and they get along with both of them. And, and we, we my, me and my exes that with the, the children, try to make it as, as comfortable as we can. We don't bring each other up. We don't talk about each other in a negative way. We don't do any of the things that would anger the children over the other because they still love that parent. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, last week my my ex was experiencing some financial difficulties and called me and said, asked me to help. And it was easy to say yes because uh, because we still have the, the the relationship that's based on making sure those children are okay and now grandchildren. So um, so we we run into each other a lot at various events, 
where we were there for grandchildren's birthdays, and we got to be at weddings together. I mean, the daughters get married, and <laughs> she's going to be at that wedding, and I'm going to be at that wedding, and I always make it a point to make sure I dance with her one one at those weddings. So, <sighs> life. That's okay. Yeah, be civil. Um, be, uh, you know, positive and. Do your best to be a happy person, and your children will be okay. So Jeep Girl Jody says, perfect talk. I just found out today my best friend got divorced. I am not sure how to feel. Okay. Well, I don't know how to tell you how to feel. Feel whatever it is you're feeling. But when you're around this person, just be supportive and be on her side, his side, whoever. Uh, be on their side, but don't put down the other partner. Just, you know be there for them. And if they seem angry and they're lashing out, just remember that hurt people hurt people and um, allow them to talk about their hurt and, and let them know that that's okay for them to do. Well, thank you so much for being here. And for the softer side, I'm your tra life transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and visit the free member vault for more great tips and ideas at esofterside.com.